Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hi, I'm Claudia Schneider, Principal in the Hydric and Struggles Munich office and member of the Global Corporate Officers and Consumer Practice. In today's podcast, I have the pleasure of talking to Dietmar Knus, CTO at Puma. Puma is the German multinational corporation that designs and manufactures athletic and casual footwear, apparel and accessories. Dietmar is a senior HR executive with a strong international background in large-scale human resources operations and more than 30 years of strategic HR experience. Thank you so much for taking the time and speaking with us today. Thanks, Claudia, for having me. Dietmar, you have been with Puma for over 12 years. Um, what, in your opinion, are the biggest changes the HR function has undergone over the last decade? And... Um, what were the biggest challenges you were faced with? I think it has been discussed for many decades that HR should have a place at the ball table. And, uh, and I think it has never been as much required that HR takes a seat at the ball table than the last 10 years. Because the working world has seen so many changes in many aspects. Um, it's not just about a new work topic we said, uh, the way how leadership should be uh, moving forward, uh, then all the geopolitical tensions we have where there was no, uh, yeah, essay uh, um, uh, script there, where you just read a book, um, same with uh, COVID. Um, and that's where all areas where HR had to play a major role. Also with the topic of digitalization, change of work, uh, new skills to be acquired, uh, constant learning. They're all topics which were HR related. So, and the last 10 years have been uh, amazing for from HR point of view. And for those HR departments who made it actually, for them was a great uh, opportunity to get a certain presence in the organization. Let me ask you, from a people and talent perspective, what are your short and long-term goals as the CHRO of Puma? Well, it's running the business at the moment. And I hope that the long-term goals are consistent with the short-term goals because we want to run the business. And short-term is a tricky thing. Uh, we have currently a lot of geopolitical tensions we need to master. Uh, we also realize now that a lot of countries are going their own way at the moment, and we need to find a way how to deal with it. And there was a time where we had a massive globalization and standardization. I think the challenge nowadays is... Can you keep that uh, worldwide? Because you have to fill local needs while you want to manage the complexity on a global scale. So, and of course, the key objective is to run the business, to find talent, to keep the talent uh, yeah, working for you as long as possible and, uh, and that you maintain a very people-centric approach. And I think as an, a good employer nowadays, you need to be three things, uh, flexible, flexible, flexible which is quite tricky now because a lot of corporations are policy-driven and uh, a policy is always difficult because with a policy, you have one solution for multiple problems. And that's also what people expect nowadays as well, that the company is playing a role their parents uh, have uh, played in the past. It's all about, you know, helping them to solve problems. It's providing concierge services. It's also helping them some private issues, uh, providing some financial support, and, and you know, 
And uh, you see that uh, a company becomes more and more a part of the family at the moment. Yeah, and finally, it's all about experience uh, from the very beginning uh, as a candidate, uh, from the very beginning of an employee until the very last day. Um, I think, uh, yeah, a company nowadays has to fulfill so many needs when it comes from an employee perspective. Yeah, a lot of challenges ahead. And on a long term, you know, it's, it's quite hard to predict uh, the next three years. Um, so it's quite difficult. Again, we are a running business, successful business at Puma, and we need to support the business, whatever is required. And uh, yeah, having a, a short term uh, perspective for the next two, three years, this is really sufficient. And what's happening in five or 10 years is so hard to predict. Dietmar, you talk about the Puma family, where words like accountability, listening, diversity, equity and inclusion are an integral part to the Puma culture. What is Puma doing to ensure that DEI stays at the top of the agenda and also looking ahead, what does the future of DEI look like at Puma? I mean, as we know, diversity, um, inclusion uh, has different facets and our industry is historically very international. And what we did over the past decade is we were even hiring more international talent. But just hiring international talent doesn't mean diversity. I mean, diversity is not what you can measure with statistics. It's more a mindset. And, and the mindset is the question whether you're open to listen to people with different perspectives and whether you're inviting people uh, to play uh, regardless of their background. So, and in Puma, everyone who wants to play is allowed to play and invited to play, and that's quite important. That means you need to appreciate the differences. And the difference is not just the skin color, uh, uh, the original beliefs of people, the gender, uh, um, is more or less whether you also appreciate that people have different opinions about uh, what happens in the world. And as we know, there are multiple truths in the world, depending on how you look at the world. So, and it doesn't mean that you have to agree with the person, but you need to appreciate that somebody um, has a different perspective for things. And, and that's what it's all about. And yes, unfortunately, in, in, in Europe, we only have a gender and a LGBTQ discussion when it comes to DEI. When you go to US, you have a more ethnicity discussion when we talk about DEI. But it's actually quite simple because you just say, it doesn't matter <laughs> where you're from. Yeah? You are invited to join the company and you are invited to contribute regardless. It's actually as simple as this. That is so fascinating to me. I mean, you just mentioned at the preparation, Dietmar, how 54% of your workforce is, doesn't have a German passport. And, you know, the question, I mean, with that comes complexity. Now, the question is, why do you think the shift of future workforce is important? And then what do you really do to foster DNI at Puma? I mean, as a matter of fact, that we're selling our products in 120 countries. So, and as we know, consumers have different preferences uh, for many reasons. And especially if you develop product, you need to understand why a product is working in certain markets and it doesn't work in other markets. You need to understand why the world is different. So, and just hiring international talent is to get that expertise yeah, and getting these different perspectives and to learn about uh, why the world is different and what are the consumer needs. Uh, at the same time, I mean, we all know what's happening here in Europe and some other markets over the next 10 years. I mean, what's now happening is there are some demographic developments which uh, lead to the fact that we have even a higher need of qualified talents. To solve that challenge, we don't have too many options. So one of them is, of course, importing talents from all over the world. And uh, the other one is, of course, 
getting workforce which are currently at home, which are mainly women, actually getting them back to work and finding attractive solutions for them to get them back to work. The other one is being more efficient. And when it comes to digitalization and processes, it's, it's more working with AI and co. And uh, if that's all not working, we have no other solutions than exporting jobs uh, to markets where we find sufficient labor. And the solution to that is maybe a mix of everything. So to solve the first thing I, I was mentioning is, of course, you need to start importing colleagues uh, from all over the world. And you need to create a culture which is welcoming. And it's more than just speaking English, right? It's more or less, you know, that you appreciate everyone being here. It starts with the food offering you contain, is uh, how often you apply, then also the same language that everyone understands, which is English. I know some German countries still struggle with that. And uh, and, and a feeling that, that feeling that the people have the feeling actually that, uh, yeah, that they're welcome here and that they want to stay with you. And that takes time. And again, it, 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 it's not that you just hire international talent. You need to create an environment where people love to stay. So, and as I said earlier, DEI is a mindset thing. Uh, and uh, the way we secure the future is that we, yeah, embrace uh, diversity and we continue the part we're doing. Uh, but I have to tell, the more the diverse is, the more difficult it gets because the more opinions you have, the more expectations you get towards, yeah, from the employees towards the employer, you need to fulfill. So it's it's a tricky experience. So we are a bit longer on the on this track than other companies, and I expect that uh, yeah, I mean in the long run, uh, the majority of people uh, here in Germany will be uh, non-German. But we also see that trend not just in in Germany; we see it also other places. Um, so that uh, the the future is more diverse. And it's interesting because you mentioned the welcoming culture, right? Creating this culture, um, the majority of your workforce is Gen Z. Um, and when I had the privilege of visiting you in the office, I could just see for myself how, you know, in the canteen, the spirit is, the vibe is, and how people would actually take their pets, for example, to have lunch. Um, I think that is uh, rather unusual when we look at the corporate environment in Germany, something you can certainly be proud of. But what is your secret sauce? Why are you so much more advanced than other competitors? Well, I'm not sure whether we are so much advanced, uh, but of course, everyone who comes to our place, they love it. Uh, a lot of people give us the feedback that's quite unique. And uh, yeah, it, it's actually quite simple, you know, doing what you say. <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of people have on the agenda, they want to be cool, they want to be attractive to Gen Z, they're open-minded, they're listening, they're available, and they explain the why we do things, everyone wants to be a bit more sustainable you know, to be more attractive, especially for younger generations. And the most important thing is that you're consistent, that you just do what you say, yeah, and you speak about what you do. Uh, communication is key. And, and and here we have been quite humble. So we tend over the past decade not to oversell what we're doing, and we had very open, frank conversations with all generations. I think the the, the requirements, Gen, Gen Z, I'm stereotyping now, I hate that, but, but uh, it's requiring now, are exactly the requirements other generations have, they were not just brave enough uh, to address it to us for different reasons. Because the labor market has dramatically changed over the past years, and uh, especially my generation would have never asked uh, uh, at an uh, entry interview, uh, so how flexible are you when it comes to working time? Am I allowed to work fully remotely? How sustainable you are? You know, and asking tricky questions simply were not brave enough because we wanted to get a job. So the younger generations, we want they now have the, all the options. So and they're just asking the questions. Of course, we would have asked as well if we would have had more options. 
So from that point of view, I don't see that much big change of the generations. I, I think that that a work environment and the leadership style need to change overall. You need to be more open-minded uh, as a leader. You need to invite people more in decision-making process. You need to explain a bit more the why you do things. You need to explain a bit more the purpose of an organization. You need to explain a bit more what the contribution of an organization is from an ecological point of view. And yes, you need to communicate to your people regardless of your genders. So the secret sauce is that, yeah, we, we do what we say. And uh, and and yeah, we spend time, you know, with our people. We engage in them talking. And maybe that's the, that's the key difference uh, we do to other employers. And with that leadership style that you mentioned, should ideally be changing? Um, I mean, you said this in the beginning, you come with over three decades of experience, both in the consumer space and in leading HR functions. So what would be your advice for leaders of the future? That's a tricky topic. <laughs> I mean, I'm a generation where everyone who had an academic background, uh, who became a leader at the moment, everyone was looking up to. And and three decades back was more or less that people came to me with a problem and they were expecting me to have an answer and a solution to the problem. So today it's different because a lot of knowledge is available on the internet. And if it's about just knowledge, it's available there. So what is... Talk about chat GPT yeah, yeah, now, right. right? You just key things in and you get the answer. Uh, so why do you need me still? Yeah. So, and even this fast moving world nowadays, so I can't have the, the solution for all problems because things become so complex. So what I can bring in with my three decades you know, of experience into the equation is life experience. And that's what I'm noticing today, that especially the younger generation, they're extremely engaged, and uh, but they struggle sometimes with the very complex world. And they uh, they have too many options in the world, and for them it's sometimes difficult to, to choose the right options. And since I'm trained to take decisions and to take responsibility, so that's kind of what I can bring into the equation. But the deal must be, of course, that I involve my people in the decision-making process. I explain them why I do things. I give them more space. Yeah, And uh, and uh, moving ahead nowadays is not walking on a straight line. It's more or less that you have a more curvy line moving forward. So that means you need to give a certain freedom to your people to to uh, gain experience. Yeah, let them Let them gain their own experience. And you are just standing by, helping them to gain the experience and to coach, to facilitate them and sharing your your life wisdom with them. So the role of leadership has changed. It will continue to change. And I think the biggest challenge for my generation especially is to let go because we still are trained to have control about everything, to know everything, to decide everything. But in this fast-moving world, we are at risk to become a bottleneck. And, uh, and that's actually the worst thing to happen. And so what would be your advice to your younger self if you look back 30 years ago and let's say you would just be at the beginning of your career today in that VUCA environment, uncertainty, complexity, etc. What would be your advice in terms of building your career? What skills to gain? Well, it's quite interesting. Uh, not sure what we shared, but I have a totally different background because I started my career in sales and retail shop floor, if you want. So I'm a sales clerk, a trained sales clerk. Uh, so and if you would have asked me uh, when I started my career almost 40 years back that I would end up to be the, the global head of HR uh, for Puma, I would have said never. I mean, there are a lot of opportunities offered to you uh, in, your, in your life and you have the choice to say yes or no. So, and just looking back, 
there's no regrets. I mean, again, I have a lot of opportunities. I said, yes, I tried out things. Uh, maybe I was more brave than others um, to take the risk. Uh, and that's the way how I learned. Um, and if you ask me, nowadays would give the same recommendation to people, you know, keep on learning. If there are opportunities offered and you have the chance to say yes, so try it out and uh, and and also let go. Yeah, Because again, we, we can't plan the future ahead today. So, and you have to go with the flow. And as long as you keep on learning and, and gaining experience, the best thing you can do. And, uh, and the more engaged you are, um, yeah, the, the more option will be offered to you. So, yeah, I probably would do the same. Uh, uh, would give the same advice, probably what I've been practicing for the last uh, decades is being open-minded, continuous learning. And, uh, yeah, and, and if you take uh, the opportunities offered to you, which sometimes brings some sacrifice uh, along with it, um, and um, then you, it's the best thing you can do for your career. Dietmar, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to speak with you today. And thank you for your advice. Yeah, it was a pleasure for me. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.